Father, this morning we enter your courts with praise. We want to stand before you, O God, this morning in absolute humility. We desire, O God, that the words of our mouth and a meditation of our hearts will be acceptable unto you. As Father God, we deliberate on your word this morning. We pray, Father God, that your word will come out as you have directed us, even as we would build the foundations yet again, Lord. Lord, a place your healing on every broken system this morning, every spirit of disappointments, every bit of anger we cancel right now in the name of Jesus. Even as your people, Father God, will enter into a position of rest, let their spirit man be calm. Come into focus, Lord, and begin to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Father, we would not endeavor to make anything out of your word that is not towards kingdom building. I pray, my Father, that you will guard my mouth, you will guard my thoughts. Give me perspective, Father God, that your people will hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I greet you once again, family of God, brothers and sisters. I greet you in the name of Jesus. And once again, as we meet in this forum, I ask you that you would listen and also that you would engage with the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to direct you as an individual because our positions are different, our challenges are different, but the answer remains the same. It is the same God who raised Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in you, he is able to lift you out of those things. And so for my understanding, it is at the level of our engagement, the clarity of God's word will come. And as I said last week, innocence, we can plead all, the, all we want, but if we have neglected the fundamental things, God will not be interested in our plea of ignorance. But I think the church has had ample time to make adjustments, having almost a year now, that uh, by a few days, I guess, that uh, we have been on lockdown. And I just wondered, even as I was in uh, Durban on Monday, and as we were sitting over coffee, I clearly heard the, the word of God saying, build the infrastructure. And to build an infrastructure, there has to be a foundation. And the foundation can only be that of Jesus Christ. And so the building of the infrastructure simply means that that is our responsibility. 
For Jesus has already laid the foundation. And the word is very clear that if we would follow his example, we would follow his teaching, we would follow those that work closely with him. And yet the things that they observed in Jesus, observed while they were with Jesus, and even as we would observe our understanding of God's word, we would see where the foundation or the, the infrastructure is lacking. And I think by and large, the infrastructure of the church has begun to wane, that we have forgotten how to pray. We have forgotten how to really engage with God, how to bring ourselves to that place of uh, knowing our engagement with God is not for us asking God to feel sorry for us, but we engage him at his word according to his uh, promises, according to the word that he has put into place. And I've taken some lessons from the book of Exodus because we are approaching Passover very soon. And I find that, uh, in fact, the word says in uh, Exodus 12, verse 2, it says, This month shall be to you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. And having uh, read that and understood that uh, when the children of Israel uh, had to engage on the journey out of Egypt, it had come from a deep prayer of their hearts. Now bear with me that it had taken over 400 years for God to hear their plea and they uh, cry to God to help them out of the desperate situation that they found themselves in. And you wonder why it had taken so long. Because some of them had even forgotten how to pray. Perhaps even as their plight began to increase, but it only increased when Moses came on the scene and began to say, let my people go, as God has said. And all the time they seemed to have just been able to bear the burden of having to work their lives away. But in their working, somehow they understood that they had to continue to grow. Well, in this instant, they grew numerically. But I wonder at the same time as they grew numerically, did they not grow also spiritually? Because how then, when only when Moses arrived, were they then able to speak and then God will say, I have heard your cry. Except somebody in that nucleus at Goshen had kept up the laws of God. 
I know there are many instances where we are told that they began to worship idols, but not so much in Egypt, because you'll remember that the Egyptians had uh, deliberately excluded them from their society. Of course, it was at the instructions of uh, Joseph when he brought his father to Egypt that he had said, say to Pharaoh, you are a, a cattle farmer, and of course he won't allow you to mix with his people. So man had done that because of his belief, but God allowed that for his glory. Because we must take into consideration that the name Goshen means uh, draw closer or draw near to me. And we will see as we go along, it's an it's a interesting uh, understanding of the journey. You, you need to remember that their journey in Exodus is part of our personal journey that we can look at the challenges that we will encounter. But in our encountering those challenges, we need to know, or out of the word of God, what was the cause of their problems and where did the favorable outcomes come into play. And so... We find that, uh, or as uh, I read into the book of Exodus, I find that uh, there had to have been somebody that remained in prayer, even through the times of difficulties. And uh, of course, Moses will come on the scene, that is uh, after he had uh, taken the responsibility upon himself to deliver his people from being abused by the system of Pharaoh. And then, of course, Moses had to go away, and it would be 40 years later that he would come back. But God had already. I mean, look at the time span when God said, I have, he I have heard your prayer, and so I am sending a deliverer. And I dare say, even the coming of Jesus came in the same manner as he sent Moses to deliver his people. And I know that we can get very hard-headed, you know, especially when we hear things that challenges how we think or the things that we want to do. I know how we can dig in our heels, even if you know it is for your good, but because it doesn't go with what you think or what you want, you would want to challenge everything that God says. I know, I understand that. It's human nature. But in your human natureness, you need to know when God is getting serious, because God is gonna get serious with his church, he's gonna get serious with his body. I think the New Testament is littered with uh, where God is saying clearly, I have tolerated 
your slackness and your dishonesty at times, but there's going to come a time when I'm going to call you to book. I dare say even Paul himself knew the word of God. And God had to use a very heavy hand to dethrone him from his high horse of pride. His education got into the way of listening. He delighted himself in the law of God. So he wasn't, the word says he was zealous. Zealousness comes in many guises and many forms. It can be a zealousness of wanting to prove that your way is right above everybody else's. Or when you are challenged by something, you want to prove that your way is still the way. And, uh, you know, I I decided this morning that I'm not going to engage in uh, arguments. You know, you either hear the word of God or you hear your own voice, and it's fine with me. I've, I've decided that. I'm not going to argue. There's some, just some things that uh, I was mulling over, and I thought, it's the word of God. It's either you believe it or you don't believe it. You know, nobody can force you, because I know hard-headedness is a very difficult thing when it comes to human beings. But in uh, building our infrastructure, we need to know a few things that uh, are imperative in our building properly. And one of those fundamental things, it is learning how to yield ourselves to God. Not to an idea, because an idea can be good today and tomorrow it can be, you can be persuaded differently. So you've got to make up your mind that you are going to fully yield to God. And when you are yielded to God, you will find yourself being led by the Spirit of God. As I said of Paul, obviously his love for God was undeniable. His love for truth was undeniable. And there was this new thing which he would be later accused of bringing, as we read last week about the church that was formed in Berea. And so for me, it is a continuous thing that God is saying, we need to learn the, of the materials that we need to use to build our infrastructure. And as I mulled over that, I realized that if our infrastructure is not built, we are not going to be able to contain anything that God is about to do on the earth. I have heard many people preach, not that they are wrong. I'm just saying is what I observe, that everybody's preaching about the blessings that are coming. You find many things that are being sent around. If anyone is reading this message, God is about to open doors for you. If you are reading this message, God is about to deliver a blessing to you. You know, there's all those things that uh, we are told to believe. 
But if the container in which that parcel must be delivered does not exist, I can't see how it's, we're going to be able to hold that. How we're going to be able to keep what God, because mark my words, God has a plan and a purpose to elevate his church into such a high position that the church is no longer going to be told by non-believers how to uh, interact with their faith and in their faith. Right now in South Africa, we're having a whole hula baloo about our chief justice, the utterances that he made. Yeah, it's unbelievers who are telling us all those things. And it, they have no basis historically. They have no basis even out of the word of God why those things uh, should produce such a avalanche of uh, negativity against what this man spoke. But uh, he spoke his heart. He spoke what he believes in. And so you understand that Pharaoh is still saying to God's people today, I will not let you go. Many instances that uh, God will send Moses. There were times when the word says God hardened uh, Pharaoh's heart. And there were instances where the word says, and Pharaoh hardened his heart. I know there were many plagues that followed with each episode that Moses will go and say, now God is saying this, and when Pharaoh would harden his heart, or God will harden his heart, God will say to Moses, now go outside, lift up your hands, and then call the next plague that I need to show Pharaoh who is boss. But I believe that is not going to happen in our time and in our instant when the church does not know how to pray. And in their prayer, they should not be saying, Lord, strike that one with lightning. God, kill that person. Until the church begins to pray and ask God to forgive and Lord, show us your way. Lord, open our hearts. Let us understand the season that we are in. Because the, the season that we are in, it is definitely here to rob, to, to steal, and to destroy. We have seen many people lose their lives. We have seen many businesses lose their livelihood. And uh, many infrastructures are destroyed. It is a right season for the church of Jesus Christ to begin now to put their infrastructure. We can say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But if then that is not followed by tangible doings even in your own household, if it is not followed by authentic prayer, authentic sharing of God's word. You know, we can share word when we're trying to persuade people in a certain direction. But if we want to persuade people back to God, there's a way in which we need to do it. 
And my plea to you this morning, you know, I don't have very many scriptures that uh, I have picked up from, but it would be a good place if you start from uh, Exodus 8, right up to 12, uh, I've looked at that, looked at very many scenarios, and began to see that it, took, it takes a long time to build an infrastructure, infrastructure of faith. And there are many obstacles, many obstacles that you would encounter as you build uh, your faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, we have the assistance of the Holy Spirit now. Then they only had the, the prophet that they could come to and say, hear on our behalf what God is saying. Moses had a direct line with God, you know. I don't know. Some people will say Moses was privileged, that he was the only one that God said, Moses is my servant whom I speak mouth to mouth to. I speak eye to eye to. But if you look at the troubles that he went through, you would not say he's such a highly favored man. And yet he lived a full life of 120 years. And he didn't even die at 120. He simply walked with God. I know the Bible says God buried him and nobody's ever been able to find him. So God took him for his time and for the sterling work that he'd done. I mean, to carry the burden of so many millions of people. And still today, we are seeing what a great man. Even the unbelievers in the Bible will speak fondly of Moses. He carried the burdens of the people. So much so that he was willing to lose his own life to have the people experience repentance and having their lives spared. I'm not saying any of us can ever measure up to that, nor does God has required of us of that. If God required us of that, then he would place that special anointing over us. But right now we need to build our structure, build an infrastructure, to contain that, that which God is about to do. You know, I looked at a time when uh, we went into lockdown. You know, it's things that were just flowing in my spirit, my mind. And I'm thinking in all that, you know, is it just possible? Is it just possible? Let, let, let's just, if we look at uh, um, Isaiah 26, Verse 20 and verse 21. Just as a backdrop of when we went to lockdown. Isaiah 26, verse 20. This was a scripture that was bandied about when uh, we went into lockdown, and everybody expected, of course, it, the lockdown to be of a temporary uh, state. And it would soon be lifted and everything will go back into the same old, same old. And I was wondering, is it possible 
that God was halting some of the practices which we have been practicing in the church. Our level of engagement, had it become just one of those things, had we become blasé in uh, our engagement with God. You know, I am longing for when we can come together as a church. I really, really am longing for the day. And somehow there's just a whole lot of things that just don't seem to add up to when we can come together. But I don't know if we have truly fulfilled this word here, verse 20 of Isaiah 26. It says, come, my people, enter into your chambers and shut your doors about you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For, behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Have we fulfilled that coming, come out, come to the side, just let the Lord's anger pass over? Have we prepared, did we see that as God has allowed this year to happen because there are certain things that he needs to change how we do things? As I said last week, my hope is that when we do come together, we really come together as a people who desire to be in the presence of God. Not come just because we want to uh, mark a register, not uh, just coming and then uh, when uh, we're singing, are you busy uh, playing with your cell phones or you are thinking of other things? Are we going to come together and engage with God? Can we come to that place like when the children of Israel cried, God, deliver us out of Egypt? There had to be a way that they cried out to God. And I see even as all the plagues that God will allow to come over the land of Egypt, Pharaoh would simply continue to harden his heart over and over and over again. But there came a time in uh, Exodus 11 where Moses took a stance. Moses seems to have had um, just delivered what God said. But there came a time when Moses put his foot down. Let's just read. Exodus 11. Of course, uh, God had uh, told Moses that uh, he was about to unleash his authority over the Egyptians. He he says uh, to uh, go and tell the people to go and borrow... um, things from their neighbors. In other words, they'll go and ask, you know, give me some jewelry, give me some clothing. You must think these people were deliberately kept poor. 
They were deliberately made to suffer even at childbirth. And so they were owed because they worked as servants. So they did not steal anything. They just said, you know, it's time that I collected my wages. Verse 3 says, And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. So Moses had built his life. Even though he had a fight with God about his stammering and about all those things, but God's grace over his life gave him stature. You know, I've realized it doesn't matter who's angry with you. As long as God has placed his favor on you, it doesn't matter even if they spit at you. As long as God's favor is upon you, the fear of God will be against every person when you come in their presence. They can do what they want because they simply cannot stand the anointing in your life. So it is learning how not to get carried away by man's, shorts, uh, man's shortcomings. They might not understand the level of your engagement with God. They will not understand, and therefore they might use things that is supposed to distract you. Do not allow yourself to be distracted. And uh, verse 4, and Moses said, uh, the, uh, about midnight will I go out in the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sits upon his throne, and so it goes on, and there shall be a great cry in the land. And then verse 7, he says, but against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or against beast that you may know how that the Lord has put a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelites. God was being emphatic at this time. You know, uh, there were blood uh, uh, plagues, there was frogs, uh, there was lice. Uh, only in uh, Exodus 8, 22 and 23, where God says, in Goshen, you won't be having all these problems. I don't know about the other lot where the Jews are uh, uh, exempted from that, but they will be thereafter where God was, even when it was darkness in Goshen, it was clear day. And so God will make a distinction. But the distinction is only to those that are in Christ, who have built their infrastructure, who have placed themselves at God's mercy. Not at God's mercy because we are helpless, but simply trusting God that that which he has spoken over our lives, he has spoken out of his word, that I will take in and uh, insulate myself in that and cover myself in that. And yes, in my covering uh, myself with all that, I will not neglect being a light unto the world, being the salt of the earth, because that's one of the commandments that we cannot walk away from. And, uh, and then, verse 8, somehow I just believe these were Moses' words, and it says, and all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down themselves to me, saying, get out of here. 
and all your people that follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in a great anger. First time Moses is expressed as having been angry. And the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh shall not listen to you that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh and Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then the time, but I just enjoy the determination in Moses. Saying, having hardened yourself, after I have told you what is coming, you've hardened yourself. He said, but one thing I'm going to uh, uh, make you to understand. I am leaving out. In fact, there's, I just can't remember where it is. Where Moses said, you have said right. It is the last time that you're going to see my face. Uh, in fact, I think it's here. Um... Yeah, Moses says, uh, that's in uh, 10, verse 10, where Moses interacting with uh, Moses, and Pharaoh said to him, uh, chapter 10, verse 28, it says, and Pharaoh said to him, get out from me, take heed to yourself, while you're in front of me. You will not see my face no more, for in that day you see my face, you shall surely die. And Moses shoots back at him and he says, you have spoken well. I will see your face again no more. And that's when he delivers. He says, and the thing that is going to make us not to see each other because now God is about to take that which is your pride and joy. is going to take away your firstborn son. And... Uh, I'm not saying by any means that God is about to kill our enemy's children. This was a different situation. But the position that Moses took was a position that God had told him a long time ago. But he was still pleading with Pharaoh to say, please hear what our God is saying. And you're going to be spared of all this. For, but what I want to highlight as we close is that all these things here came upon the children of Egypt. It was only when Moses or when God said to Moses, go and prepare my people for their deliverance. I am no longer going to be waiting for Pharaoh to make up his mind. It is time now for me to be decisive to move my people out. I have shown him my authority. I have given him enough grace for him to really come to his own. There were times, as I said, that God hardened his heart because he needed to prove to Pharaoh that God is still superior to whatever uh, army he thinks he had, whatever wealth he thought he had. God was saying, those things are in my hand, boy. Just listen to me. But, of course, Moses wouldn't. So God said to Moses, go and tell the people to get the, a lamb. 
But the lamb, they need to bring it into the house. I think it was for 14 days it must be in the house. There's a time of preparation. These are not haphazard things. When God does things, there is a time where he needs you and I to come into that position where we position ourselves and begin to dedicate ourselves to the word of God and get our minds clear. And I do believe that it is a time. I am begging you once again. As we approach Passover again, I want you to make yourself prepared. Are you going to come aside from the mayhem and the demands of the day? Are you going to come? Are you going to bring yourself together? And really, it's just when we come on Passover on a Friday... The coming together to uh, gather our thoughts. Are we going to come with a heart of dedication? Are we going to come and saying, Lord, we have been uh, locked down for over this period of time. There are so many things that we have decided upon. Some of it we have forgotten. But today we want to come and renew our vows again with you. And we would uh, apply the blood. The application of the blood simply means I have brought the presence of God in my house. I no longer need to go and anoint my doors with oil or go and kill a cow or goat or lamb and come and sprinkle with blood. That was done already. Jesus has already done that. We simply bring that into our spirit man. When we posture ourselves in Christ, Christ has already taken care of all those things. There is no need for you. You see, we have been caught up in rituals. Let's walk away from the rituals and just simply activate what the word of God has taught us. If Christ is in you, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You don't have to go and do things and say, well, I can do things when and now I can do this. No, no it's, let's just, just get back and become real with the word of God. Let's become real. And so uh, they had to bring the lamb in. They had to keep it there for a period of time. And the word is clear. When you eat that lamb, it must be, it, it's, uh, it was, don't boil it. and You had to roast it. And you had to eat everything. And if your family, you had to engage before time. You had to weigh the lamb. It, that you could finish it that night and then when Pharaoh's children his son died his servant sons died the firstborn of the animals died there was a call from Pharaoh and he said you get out you remember at one time Moses, uh, Pharaoh had stipulations saying okay you guys can go and Moses said, no, 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 no. We're not just going around the corner. We're going to take a three days journey out of here. Because when we do these things here, yeah, we're not going to do it in the clay of your people. 
We want to a, a place that we can dedicate to God without your prying eyes, without your interference. We want a place where we can call it the house of God. And Pharaoh would say, okay, you need to go. But Pharaoh always uh, found excuses why they couldn't go. And so Moses said, we are not leaving without all our assets. He says there would not be a hoof left behind of our assets. I am taking the children, because at first it was let the men go and the woman and the children must stay. Moses says, no, I'm not taking half a loaf. I want the whole thing, Buddha. Sometimes we can be made to compromise and take some of what belongs to us. Moses doesn't give in to that manipulation. He says we take everything. And when we take it, we take it all one time. We're not going to take it in installments. We take everything one time. You see, this was a man who had built his infrastructure. The architecture had been put into place. All it needed was to fill that house. And it could only be filled by the presence of God. And so when the presence of God filled the house of the Egyptians, uh, the house of the Egyptians, it got filled with, uh, with crying and uh, mayhem. And uh, <clears throat> the house of the Israelites, it was filled with joy and jubilation. Even though it would be short-lived because a month or two months later, they would begin to want to get back again. So we understand that not all of us will be on the same page, but at the end of the journey, all of us will have to come to that place of knowing that our God is in charge of everything. And so as we look forward then to um, the opening of the church, as we look forward to Passover, I pray that when we come together, we have made up our minds that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It must be an attitude of our spirit. And when we say, has anybody got a, 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 a testimony? Nobody will be opening their pages or just looking at their neighbor. Everybody will say, I am ready to make an account of my dealings with God. I'm pleading with you. You know, there's so many things that we could share out of this portion of scripture. But for me, it just illustrated once again that the word of God is our roadmap to our tomorrow. Hiccups come, don't worry about them. It's just that the only worrying that we need to have, are we doing the will of God in accordance with his instructions? And so, until we meet again, I pray the blessings of God will be multiplied upon you, even as you would make. It's a decision, family. It's a decision that you have to make. As I said, I have decided I'm not going to argue with any person. If it's your opinion, it's your opinion. If it's how you, that's how you interpret scripture, that's how you interpret scripture. But uh, hear what I am saying to you today. God is asking us to put the infrastructure into place.
because if there's no infrastructure, water cannot come into your home. There has to be pipeworks that are laid down, and so is our own personal life. There has to be a connection. There has to be a flow. There has to be a two-way street. We cannot communicate and not get any answers from God. And God cannot have everything written down, made ready for us. And we are waiting for God to thunder over the mountains. Let him thunder in your spirit, man. And hear what God is saying. God bless you richly. Even as we partake of the Lord's table this morning, our prayer is that you will not partake of this emblems ritualistically, but you will partake of it as a celebration of the life that God is about to unleash over your life. There is a way that seems good and right to a man, but it is only God who weighs the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So comply with God's word and God will send the rain in season. Just prepare the infrastructure to receive. If the farmer did not build a dam, it doesn't matter how how much of water will rain there. His cows will not have anything to drink. But the farmer, if he's a farmer of any worth and is a cattle farmer, first things that he will do, he'll make sure there's enough grazing and there's enough retention of water to see them through a dry period. So prepare the infrastructure. Prepare the infrastructure. Let the reign of God find a suitable place and position in your heart. As we partake of the Lord's table, Let's seal our desire to see God lifted up in our own lives. And then when we come together as a family, as a church, we come together to celebrate the reality of what God is busy doing right now. Okay? God bless you as we partake of the Lord's table this morning. I pray his grace will be multiplied to you because his love never changes. Doesn't matter if you have made, you've mucked things up. He might not be able to look towards the wrongdoings, but towards you, towards you. You are the apple of his eye. He'll always be looking towards you. So fall in love with him once again and let the relationship blossom. Bless you.